A House Civis Broadcasting. Hello, my name is Luffy Haskell de Civis. And I'm Silas de Civis. Today is the 13th of Therendor, and what a lovely far it is. It has been, and hopefully it will continue to be. We have a little bit different of a broadcasting today. Olufi, why don't you tell us a little more about that? So we're going to start off with news and some Olufi's Advice Corner questions. Always fun. As always. And then, uh, for our interview, we do have a member of the Braylish Building Guild uh, here in our studio. And we're going to be talking about different types of um, lumber, different types of wood, stuff like that. Uh, We're going to be getting a new desk, and we thought that the people of Sharn would find this kind of stuff a little bit interesting. Oh, I bet they would. No? No, I'm not allowed to do that one? I, I had to beat you to it. You were going to make that joke at some point in time. I'm in splinters. No, you know what? No, no, that that, that, that is a stretch. That is a stretch. That is... No, no. I'm sorry, I'm going out on a limb here. All right, you know what? I shouldn't have done this, all right? Because, as always, your bark is worse than your bite. You know what? Maybe I should just leave. Please, leave. Please leave. And we'll be back in a moment uh, with news and Silas's advice corner, I think, is what we'll start calling it. Welcome back to both you, our listeners, and Alufi. Well, welcome back, Alufi. I was told that if I didn't come back in here and finish the show that I get yelled at. And that I couldn't have ice cream later. You're an adult. What is going on in your life that they have that kind of power over you? Says the man with a Sybaris mark who's being forced. You know what? Let's go ahead and talk about today's news. Our first bit of news is quite uplifting and something that is very close to my home. Literally, this bit of news comes from Clifftop, where two members of the Clifftop Guild. This past week, two members of the Clifftop Adventurers Guild found themselves in quite a strange predicament. As when they went back to their shared apartment, uh, all of their adventuring gear in tow, they found a young girl crying, asking where her mother was. Now, this is very strange because according to the adventurers, their apartment was heavily fortified and locked uh, with many many different things you know how adventurers are about the things they own they're very protective people this young girl happened to be the child of one of these city's counselors apparently it was a an attempted kidnapping and ransom but the kidnappers didn't count on the young girl having a prestigious ability with magic and when she found a teleportation scroll uh, she used it 
and happened into the these adventurers uh, apartment. If you don't know how to use teleportation very well, it can go very wrong. So she's very lucky that she didn't, you know, teleport somewhere even more dangerous. But the uh, attempted kidnappers were caught and these adventurers are uh, getting the highest honors in the city. These adventurers were part of the kidnapping crew. I'm willing to say that right here, right now. I'm willing to make that claim. There is no doubt in my mind that these adventurers are somehow involved. It's too coincidental. I mean, more coincidental things have happened in this city. Than a young girl mm-hmm. having magical power, mm-hmm. finding a teleportation scroll amongst the thing thieves zone, mm-hmm. teleporting herself out mm-hmm. to an adventurer group. Mm-hmm. Name one. Name one? Yeah. Name one, name one thing that is more unlikely than that, that this happened in Charn. Meat on a stick rat. What? That, that's, that's not even that uncommon. Rats are always dragging things through the street. You're just impressed because it was a large piece of meat. Like, that's not that impressive. Rats have to eat. I don't understand. I don't understand any of this. How is this an uplifting story? Because she got saved. And the adventurers, you know, they got good honors. It ended happy. It's a happy story. It ended suspiciously. That's that's what I will say. Okay, so in the past, we've talked about other kidnappings or potential disappearances or deaths and things like that. And they're always like, oh, there's a mystery still here. Do, 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 do. But this time, that's not what happened. It all ends happy in a boat. Well, good. And and you know what? I think the perfect thing to follow that uplifting story about a young girl teleporting herself to save herself is the sudden disappearance of one of our House Civis subscribes from the Clifftop area. I thought that we weren't going to talk about Trad on the... Well, I I mean, if we're going to hopefully find him at some point in time, maybe he just needs an uplifting story like this to get himself out of whatever predicament he may be in. Trad, if you are missing and you've been kidnapped, let us know. Teleport yourself. Save it. Save yourself. Save the day. Okay, you're being really negative and mean, though, right now, because what about Trad's family, okay? I don't think that they'd like you saying stuff. They like might be involved in the kidnapping. Silas. So, Silas is right. One of our subscribes did go missing after last week's broadcasting. Uh, his name is Trad... Trindadadel the Civic. So if any of you know where Trad is, um, we all miss him a lot and uh, he's really nice. Uh, Trad, if you if you are listening, um, we miss you. And if you know where Trad is, please reach out to us. Yeah, absolutely. If Trad is out there and he just wants to get away, just return the suit and we're fine. Uh, we'll, we'll call it a loss and that'll be all right. Well, I'm just saying... Sometimes you want to disappear. I've I've been there. Well, before we jump into more consequential news, I do have another little tidbit of news that I think that I've been enjoying since you shared one that you enjoyed. Uh, There's currently a gentleman going around Corvair, and he's writing into the Korenberg Chronicle, and the different letters he's submitted at this point in time have all been fantastic. And so I recommend anyone out there who is listening today to just take a moment and read up on those. They're really fun. 
Oh, is that the, uh, the... I believe the article was called, uh, Corners of Corvair is what he was submitting it underneath by, uh, Genbo DeSimis. Are we doing another Luffy's Ask by him? I have no idea. I don't run those. They just get handed to me right before we start. Oh, okay. Because he did send us one. Have you been going through them ahead of time? <laughs> yeah. Then why are they so terrible? That hurts, Silas. You, you let us read one from a crazy man. Do you not remember? That's why I started doing yeah, it. You know what? No. No, 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 no. Because I was like, hey, this guy is crazy. So I we have a bit of news it. from the yeah. Sharn Inquisitive that I'm just going to go ahead and jump over to. This is, of course, out of New Throne in Kabara. For the first time since the start of the last war, aristocrats from across Corvair have traveled to Kabara this month to hunt the deadly silver wyverns. The wyverns, possessed of uncommon cunning and virulent poison, claim 16 lives among the 40 teams of hunters assembled at the invitation of King Sabatis Irkeslin. But with a record 12 wyverns taken during the hunt, Irkeslin declared the hunt a resounding success. In a decree from the under-construction royal manor at Adderport, Irkeslin singled out three teams in particular for their hunting prowess. A group led by the Undarian, Ir Branando, claimed the largest wyvern, one with a wingspan measuring 28 feet. House Denieth's team, led by Rualia de Denieth, presented the king with the first wyvern head acquired after only six hours of hunting. And a hunter from the Eldine Reaches, known only as Thousand, presented the king with a silver wyvern that he said he hunted without the aid of a team. His claim was obviously unverifiable, but King Irkeslin lavished praise on him. I am extremely disappointed to hear that of all of the 40 teams that were there, we didn't even crack the top three. What are you doing, Brayland? Next year, I want to hear good things. I want all the good things to come our way next year. We need to hit... You know what? I, I'm going to go next year. I'm going to go out and hunt. So let's go ahead and just um, end today off with a really fun announcement. On the 22nd of this month, House Lirandar is going to be putting on a, a spectacular of sorts. So, those of you who live high up enough or can get to a place high up enough, keep an eye on the southwestern sky right at sundown. Because House Lirandar is going to be doing like a light spectacular. They're going to be using um, clouds and water and a whole bunch of cool stuff to make like... Um, this really pretty, pretty show that they've been working on uh, to try and lift the spirits of the people of Sharn. It has been a, a long winter. Last year was very rough, and it would be nice to have something lift our spirits uh, right at the start of spring. Well, with that fun announcement done, let's go ahead and get into a Luffy's Asks. So for those of you who have just come into Sharn, you're listening to the Echoers for the very first time. Aluvi's asks are questions sent in by every listener. If you're like, man, there's a question I want to ask Aluvi. I need some advice. Then you go over to our subscribe and you submit an Aluvi's advice corner. We can go into that a little bit later. And then once you submit it, I get to read it which is always enjoyable to read one of these lovely gems. Where shall we? Let's start with this one here, the one from Genbo. Dear Luffy, salutations, or should I say 
Zillutations. <laughs> no. <laughs> to you and Silas from your ancestral homeland. As a longtime listener, first-time sender, I have a conundrum I would like upon which I request your advice. As part of my travels across Corvair to the various message stations and house enclaves, I have begun compiling a series of travelogue articles that I have been submitting to the Kornberg Chronicle. While the publishers at the Chronicle have been incredibly polite in their gratitude for my articles, every response starts with thank you for your submission, but they have yet to publish any of the articles I have submitted. We'll, we'll circle back to that in a second. I've got questions, but yeah, we'll circle didn't, back. Didn't, yeah. So my question is, do you have any suggestions how a writer could improve or pep up their writing to make it more enticing to publishers. Also, how should one deal with such consistent rejection? Yours sincerely, Genbo Santor de Civis, House Agent and Korenberg, Order of the Scribes, 4th Class. P.S. Pass along to your father my profound admiration for his work. Uh, so, Aloofy, you read the letters. It's really nice that he says that he's a fan of my dad. It is. It's nice that he mentioned that... Uh, you read the letters, though, and this is clearly an older letter. Why would this... He, he's already in the Kornberg Chronicle. So, I read this one, like, three weeks ago, because we had, like, the Silas of his dating episode, and then we had the George Sorgelic episode, and it just kind of got shuffled towards the bottom. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We've got a big backlog, which is what we're working for. That's fair. But also just... Because we have a backlog doesn't mean that you shouldn't continue to send us Aloofy's asks. Because if you don't send us Aloofy's advice corner questions, then uh, we can't do Aloofy's advice corner. Uh, so then do you have any advice for our good friend Genbo? You also asked how one could deal with um, rejection. And there's no good way to deal with rejection. Take poor Silas here. He... Don't. No, don't take. No, 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 no. He lives every day being rejected, and it's sad, and he takes that rejection by drinking lots and lots of alcohol. You're right, I do. I, I take that rejection by going home to my house alone, and I sit in my office, and I drink alcohol, and I think, why does a Luffy's dad still live with her? And, you know, I have a tortured life. Now, I deal with rejection much, much worse. I cry a whole lot. I go to the store and I buy a bunch of books and clothes. And then I spend an inconceivable amount of time at the Sharn Petting Zoo attempting to pet all of the animals for at least an hour each. Oftentimes those animals aren't really wanting to be pet on while being, while being covered in tears. And oftentimes I do get kicked out by the end of the night. You cry and pet them. That that sends all the wrong messages to everyone involved. I just said not to do that. Yeah, I'm telling you not to do that. Look, it's how I deal. It's how I deal with it. M maybe talk to yourself. Sit down and have a drink with yourself. Just see where it goes. I'm a gnome. I can't hire changelings to do that. No, I meant like with with your personal demons. Your issues, your your internal struggles. I don't have enough money to spend at Morgrave University for them to summon fiends. All right, so go to just go go to therapy. You... Go to therapy at House Jurasco. I don't like. I I don't know why this is an issue. You need help. 
I am saying that you need help. Do you understand how serious that is? So taking rejection just doesn't get better over time, but finding healthy coping mechanisms is the way you should go. Healthy. Healthy coping mechanisms, yes. Dear Luffy, what's the proper etiquette for telling a Warforge their closed home match? I work with a lovely Warforge who is putting so much effort into dressing normally, but they came into work wearing a bathrobe over a skirt the other day, and nobody had the heart to tell them they needed to go home and change. Can you help us? Okay, so two things with this question. Thing number one, don't be judgmental. Maybe the issue isn't the Warforged, but it's your preconceived notions about what people should wear. That being said, of course, if wearing specific things at your job is a hindrance to your job, obviously you should have that conversation. Hey, you can't wear a bathrobe in here. We're blacksmiths. That's a fire hazard. So there's like a difference between telling somebody that their clothes don't fit your aesthetic style and um, telling someone that their clothes are unsafe. To help this Warforged understand what society thinks fashion should be and to be currently quote unquote in fashion, if that's what they want, then you might say, hey, let's go get some clothes together. And then go on like a shopping spree with them. Maybe buy them an outfit or two. Show them what'll look nice on them. End up crying in a petting zoo. And, you know, it'll all be great. But, so I think the important thing to know is that forged are like children. They've just been given the freedom of finding out who they are. And part of finding out who you are is... Wearing wacky things that other people might not enjoy and finding out what your aesthetic style is going to be and putting on really ugly makeup because your mom told you not to use her makeup. You did anyway and you look like a deranged clown. But that's okay because you're finding out how to use these things and how to utilize these tools and what looks good and what doesn't. And if you don't want to dress the way society tells you to dress, then that's okay. They- let, let's, uh, let, let's, let's talk about how people can give these Luffy's asks. So, yes, <clears throat> there are many, many ways you can get in contact with House Civis Broadcasting Guild. The biggest one, of course, is our uh, gnome mail or Gmail. So if you write a letter and address it to House Civis Station at gmail.com, then your letter will be sent right to us. Now, you can also go to the Echoer that you're currently listening to, and we do have one of our subscribes. Everywhere but Clifton. Everywhere but Clifftop, currently sitting at the Echoer. And you can write down on that little comment pad any questions or um, anything you want to say about the broadcasting today. You can put in a Luffy's Advice Corner questions, little hearts, little thumbs up, little smiley faces. And of course, you can always support us here at House Civis Echoers through the Patreon program that we have with House Kondorak. So just look for 
Civis Echoer Station on Patreon. And we want to give a special thanks to our patrons for helping us decide one of our next broadcastings. Welcome back. As we mentioned earlier, today we're covering something that is a little bit unusual. We are going to be talking about wood today. So we're getting a new desk and we're giving the old desk to Kevin and uh, we found that the booth is big enough for extra guests, but the desk isn't like quite big enough for the extra guests. So we're getting a nice big desk. With that in mind, Today we're going to discuss different types of wood with our special guest, Vaslissa Tenner from the Brelish Builders Guild. Thank you for having me here. I am excited to make sure that you find the perfect material for your new desk. Then we will pass that along to one of our artisans and craft something very special. We have quite a few options here today. I can see that. And just at a quick glance, I can see that you brought out the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I did indeed. We aren't dealing with your more common woods. We knew that you, Alufi, enjoy things that are more quirky. And you, Silas, like things built a little more elegant. So we made selections based on those. So I'm uh, immediately drawn to this one here. It looks less like a wood and more like a hole in the world shaped like a cube. What is that one? I thought that one might draw you in. This is a block of Mabarin ebony from Mabara Manifest Zone. It is that deep black that pulls the light in. In fact, if we were to put a candle next to it, the candle would appear to dim. It is extremely dark. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'm comfortable with that one. It's very um unsettling. A lot of people feel that way about Mabar and Ebony. That it really is a void in the world that has the tangibility of wood. Although I imagine it would be good for those much too early mornings, Silas. A little hangover helper. Yeah, I I don't think that it would be good because you'd be able to see all of my kittens fur all over it. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. We didn't bring any Irian rosewood. We figured it would be a bit too ostentatious for your studio. It has the tendency to be much too bright in well-lit rooms and better suited as a semi-luminous accent in darker places. Uh, too true. I've encountered it a few times. We did bring in this one here. Each of you take a little cube. Oh, ooh, these are really cold. Are they from Rizia? They are indeed. Notice the ice-like texture and the white coloring with the small icy blue veins. Rizian pine is interesting because while pine is a soft wood, typically easily indented and scratched without specific protection on the surface, 
Rizian pine naturally has a smooth hardness of ice. Ooh. Well, that's, yeah. Rizian pine is a nice choice and could easily be infused like these pieces. They would keep the booth cool regardless of its occupancy and have the added benefit of chilling glasses placed upon it. Well, that is something I am suddenly very interested in. It'd be nice to keep the booth a little cool in the summertime, as well as keeping glasses cool all the time. We could always just make a coaster from it, and then I don't have to be cold. Because I kind of find it chilly in the booth anyway, and then also my tea would get really cold really fast, and I don't like iced tea. Well, we do have an answer to that with the Fernian ash. We can magically treat it so that it heats things and can keep the office warm. Notice the way the grain looks like embers? A very nice choice for someone wanting to make a statement. The sawdust of Fernian ash is very flammable and can be used as explosives and as a magical component. Another interesting fact about this tree is that it has a symbiotic relationship with the sunbird or lesser phoenix. The tree keeps the nest at just the right temperature, as well as provides cover for the baby birds. And in return, the ash will absorb the ashes of the sunbird chicks when they hatch and as they mature into adulthood. Oh, I think that we might need a coaster from this too. Silas, I I agree. Coasters only, because you're pretty flammable most days. Can we step away from the planar ones? They feel a little gimmicky, and I would like something a Luffy probably hasn't thought up quips for. Absolutely. We could go more Eberron exotic and choose one of the Zendric variety. We have the option of Eldritch Whirlwood. Normally, it is used to make staves and wands. It has this twisted, gnarled grain. As spells are cast through the wand or staff, the grain becomes straighter and straighter. One can usually tell when a wand of whirlwood is all used up just by looking at the twist in the grain. That seems extremely impractical for a desk, and I'm assuming quite pricey? Yes, indeed, but it is an option. It kind of looks like Silas, all grumpy, wrinkly. Silas, are you a type of whirlwood? Is that why you don't use magic? You'd get less old. Uh, you had other options? We could instead go with options from Aranel. We have bronzewood, densewood, livewood, and sorewood. Livewood is interesting. Uh, a living desk would be kind of neat, and I like green. But what if it's haunted with a dryad spirit? And what if she doesn't like the Echors? That wouldn't work out too well. Would she inhabit the splinters? I don't know if that is how that works. If you are worried about splinters, then I recommend dense wood, ironwood, or stonewood. With the heavier woods, you decrease that risk. I always thought ironwood was just another name for dense wood. A very common misconception. Ironwood is actually native to Corvair, and most commonly grown in what is now known as the Eldine Reaches. 
It is grown and cultivated by druids. The spells they infuse with the wood makes it fireproof and hard as steel. It leaves it with a slightly metallic shine. Dense wood, on the other hand, is a heavy wood from Arenal. It is the heaviest wood that we carry and can be quite difficult to work with. Intricate designs take an exceedingly long time to carve, and it can become quite expensive. But with that level of durability, you won't be replacing it anytime soon. An interesting thing about dense wood is that there is only a tiny amount of space between the rings within the wood. Hence the name. Yeah. I don't think that that is an option that we need. Aloofy is dense enough for us. What? Well, I was just saying that uh, you, you've made wood jokes the whole time and uh, you didn't even understand the joke. So perhaps my dense comment isn't far off. Uh, so fast, Lisa, what's what's the next wood that we've got here? Let's stick with Arenal then. I've got some bronze wood here. You'll notice it is rather similar in texture to the ironwood. But the interesting thing about bronze wood is that it is surprisingly light and that it still very much looks like wood. Someone wearing armor made of this stuff will blend into the trees. Well, that is interesting, but I don't want to lose the desk. <laughs> I think the lighter wood is probably the better option. I, I can't be called in to move the table each time there's an issue. We could always go with sore wood. It is a plainer wood, but it is nice and light. This wood is a hardwood too, and very durable. It is probably the most in-demand wood that we have available, which is funny because it is probably the most precious. The sorewood mills are very concerned with safety. They do not allow anything that could possibly create a fire and keep the wood very wet. A single spark on sorewood would travel up to 50 miles. In the past, this has created horrible wildfires, so the lumbermen are very careful about this sort of thing. Wildfires are definitely an issue, I think, and it's kind of funny that with sorewood, you know, we, we make airships out of sorewood and they're right next to big fire rings, so I would imagine that there's some kind of fire protection on them, I, I guess. So, I don't know. I... I don't like the color. I'm not going to lie. I love seeing sore wood on airships, but I don't think I want a desk in the booth that makes me think about leaving. I have enough difficulty each week sitting here prattling on about stuff and not wanting to run away. You prattle. The rest of us try and teach and learn. So you've learned to be annoying? Well, I suppose that leaves us with our last bit of lumber here. Darkwood is particularly interesting because it is actually a different breed of sorewood. Darkwood is miraculously light, and many ships use it for their hulls when sorewood prices are too high. It typically grows in special areas where Serranian manifest zones overlap with Erian manifest zones. I kind of like this one. I think that it's really, like, pretty. I agree. I think that it is a dark enough color that I enjoy, and I, I could see us doing a simplistic design with it. Maybe a table instead of a desk. That way it feels like it has a lot more space for everyone to come and sit and enjoy a conversation. Can we do, like, legs with, like, the little swoopies? 
like little swoopy legs. I like the straighter legs myself. Just a very simple desk, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can't come up with. I'm more of like a clawfoot man myself. Uh, clawfoot's like the uh, dinosaur from... Uh, yeah, uh, so like the foot looks like a clawfoot foot. I, I, or does the foot look like a clawfoot? I imagine the whole desk was on the back of a clawfoot, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I would be afraid it would just like attack then. No, it's like four clawfoots right are the, the feet. Oh, at the, at the feet. No, no uh, are the feet. Oh, okay. Like the legs and the feet. Oh, oh I yeah. see. We could we could probably make something like that happen. I would just be worried about people hitting it when they slide in. Because, you know, with an intricate design like that, they're going to kick it and then we're going to break it and it's gonna, I'm going to get mad. I think because we have larger guests, we should keep it very simple. I still think like a swoopy would be nice. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when we're done. So, Vasilisa, uh, I do have a few questions for you, though. I know that Silas is ready to get you out of here. But uh, so you're part of the Braylish Builders Guild. Are you also part of House Caneth? No, we're not affiliated with House Caneth. I feel like that's best because I, I feel like House Caneth does good work, but they don't really deliver very good, like, finished projects. I will say that a lot of the time, if it's magical, House Caneth is who I'd go to. For a simple desk like this, I, I would give some work to the little guys, right? Are you commenting about my height? We're the same height. I really feel like it also gives us a little more freedom in our work. Oh, that is true. You can deliver more abstract designs as opposed to House Caneth being very meticulous in its like uniformity, that, yes. Yeah, everything that comes out of House Caneth is like super cookie cutter. It does feel that way. Well, thank you once again, uh, Vasilisa Tenor um, of the Braylish Building Guild. Um, wonderful little shop here in Sharn. And... Um, I hope that everybody who's listening this week learned a little bit about uh, different types of wood and where they come from and hopefully has a little bit more appreciation for um, what the things around us are made of, all of the materials that surround us in our everyday lives. I definitely think that's true because a lot of times you see a wood on a desk or on a railing or as a light fixture and you don't realize how integral the type of wood is to that. You just immediately pass it by and think, oh, it's just there. I, I think we've come up with a good decision here, and hopefully you've learned a little bit about wood today. I want to thank our guest, Vaslissa Tenner, for coming in. It was an absolute pleasure having you here, and we'll go over the details as soon as we're done. It's been a pleasure being on here. Well, everybody, I hope that you all have a wonderful, wonderful far and a wonderful week. And remember to keep an ear out for those echoes of hope.